The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode two of Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and I'm your host. I'm joined here by my two pals and co-hosts, Gray, Arid Hinney. How are you doing? And Hodgie. How's it going, Petal? Hello. Okay, before we get into anything, just like to say a big thank you to everyone that listened to our first ever episode of Talk of the Tune. We appreciate your support and we definitely appreciated all of your really nice messages. So a big thank you from all of us, I guess. Got to say thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can sound a bit more grateful, Gray. Thanks, everyone. He doesn't get excited about much. <laughs> Apart from cricket. Please. You should see him. He's got a beaming smile right now. I've never seen him happier. And this is all down to you. You're making one Geordie boy's dreams come true. <laughs> Christ, I've just seen his teeth. Oh my God, I didn't even know he had teeth. <laughs> just before we get into any interesting content, I guess we should probably touch on the takeover, which, if anything, just seems to be more farcical than ever since we last recorded. Just doing a quick scan of Twitter and popular news outlets it seems to be that every single quote that comes out is contradictory to the other. I'm usually quite tolerant of Newcastle United news and news sources and things, but I think now it's just become a complete quagmire of, of lies and contradiction and shite. And it's a bit of a circus, even more so than usual. What do you guys think? Yeah, there's just so many different stories come out each day, like you say, all contradicting each other. And it's just hard to actually paint a clear picture of what's going on. I think there's a lot of speculation, especially given the nature of the world at the minute. And yeah, just anyone's looking for any little glimpse of news that they can just get hold of and write a half-decent story about. Well, they've got nothing else to talk about at the minute, do they? It's just, you know, it's filling their newspapers. It's filling those Twitter feeds. It's um, it's incredibly frustrating. Ultimately, the answer is only Amanda Stavely, the PIF and the Premier League actually know what's happening. Other than that, we shouldn't really be listening to anyone. Um, I think it's a highly confidential deal. And Big Mike, actually. Oh, and Big Mike. He's not going to say anything, is he? Let's yeah, be real. Mr. Shrewd Businessman. I wonder how it kind of went, their negotiations with him. Because in the past, kind of when people have been trying to do it, is like there's been sticking points on him being like, I want Sports Direct still to be the sponsor for the next five years. Random little kind of things that really put quite a big rock in. They must have just went in with the money and went, here, this is it. Ah, well, I think he's uh, he's prone to getting quite good deals, isn't he? You should see, he's, he seems to be just buying up the, the UK high street at the minute at rock bottom prices. Mm. Yeah, he seems to be able to sniff out a deal. I think he might have met, met his match, though, in Amanda Staveley doing all the negotiations because it didn't seem to end well last time. And I don't think that, I think some of that would be some of the conditions, obviously, that Mike Ashley's been trying to put on the table and force force her yeah. hand a little bit. But I think she's probably as stubborn as he is when it comes to certain Oh, me, I would have loved to be in a fly on the wall with it just to see her blank face and be like, <laughs> no, just putting straight objection to him. Because I think... Storming when... out of the curry house. <laughs> <laughs> but when he, when he does like offers to people, obviously he usually buys failing businesses and they might, they've got no 
kind of rebuttal to some things that you'd probably say. He'd be like, look, you need to buy your business and save it. He holds all the cards, doesn't he? Well, he's also buying up publicly owned companies. So he's buying shares off the stock market until he hits yeah. X yeah. amount. Yeah. And That's then he's, he's got majority and yeah. Yeah, he calls the shots. Yeah. You say Amanda Staveley, but I think he's probably not going to go too hard against the crown prince of fucking Saudi Arabia, our mate uh, MBS, <laughs> Mohammed bin Salman, is he? Yeah. I mean, you say he's met as much in Amanda Stavely. I think he's probably met as much in the Saudi royal family. Yeah, especially given the reputation of uh, the Saudi prince. Allegedly. Especially, especially, especially allegedly, when it comes to journalists. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I think I just need to save myself saying allegedly and use it as a button. <laughs> the views of Newcastle United podcast have nothing to do with A, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, B, Newcastle United <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are solely Gray's views. In case you're listening, Mohammed, just Mo, the views of Gray. Sure, if you know him. Yeah, Mo. Well, our, our pal Mo. Aye. War Mo. War Mohammed. MBS. Hey, do you know what else the letters MBS do the could... oh, Okay, sorry. It's a great <laughs> joke. With Philippe Albert. Should we move on from TakeOver then? Oh, yes, please. Definitely. Yes, please. Right, I've got a bit of a brain teaser, I hope, for you. I'm going to ask the question now. I'm going to give you the duration of the podcast to think about it. And I want your answers at the end, please. It's like homework, really. So in Newcastle United's history, we have had two players from the country of Cameroon. So we've had two players from Cameroon that have played for Newcastle United. Yep. I would like you to guess those two players' names. And as I say, tell me at the end of the podcast. Hopefully we can make this a bit of a... A running theme. I think I've got one, for sure. One, I think one's quite easy. The other one's a little harder. Is it in our lifetime? Yes, they're both players that have played for Newcastle in our lifetime. Right, so I'll give you the rest of the podcast and you can report back. Providing I don't forget. Providing I don't forget to ask you again. You can tweet us if you get two out of two. Yeah. Yeah, but how would they do that, Hodge? Uh, you can tweet us at TOTT Podcast. Or you could drop us an email at info at tottpodcast.co.uk. Oh my god, look at us plugging away. Smashing it. Second episode, we think we fucking know it all. Woo! Plugging holes. <laughs> Sounds like a sex doll type, isn't it? Speaking of sex dolls, how about the uh, South Korean side who filled the stadium with sex dolls? Oh my days, what a segue. <laughs> what a segue. I thought that was brilliant. It shows great creativity from the Koreans. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy to, for someone to try and think that that was going to be okay to do. I know that one of the German teams put cardboard cutouts of people uh, and you could pay for it and I think money went to charity. Having like your cardboard cutout put in your seat. Yeah, see, that's a good cause. But that's good, but I, I just I don't get how, how... Did they approach somebody and be like, can we have some of your dolls, please? Or did someone go, ah, I've got a great idea for you. Let's do some publicity. See, I would have thought at the minute demand for sex dolls would be through the roof through the roof I, I didn't, yeah I didn't think there'd be uh, any spare is this a football podcast <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there'd be any spare is, it, it, is that giving us a brief insight into uh, Will's life in lockdown well, that bit will not be making the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, no but I thought it was certainly very interesting this lockdown certainly bringing out the entrepreneurial spirit of citizens all over the world isn't it I think it's been for like businesses and stuff when they've done like restaurants have been opening up to do um, takeaway and stuff when for the first four or five weeks they were very much full closed lockdown nothing's happening and they've been able to do some stuff Although they have pivoted, haven't they? A lot of businesses have been able to pivot their uh, their operations and, and it just shows you how creative people can be, that they can 
turn their whole business model around so quickly to be able to kind of supply the, the demand or, or adapt to the current situation or current circumstances. Mm, yeah. Well, that was deep. Fuck, we really did get off topic there, didn't we? Jesus. Wow. Well, well done. Well done, people of the UK. And the rest of the world. And the rest of the world, yes, yeah, sorry, because obviously we're pushing for a, an international audience. And we'd love to hear from any... <laughs> <laughs> there it is and yeah we'd love to hear from any foreign tune supporter groups out there let us know how you support Newcastle United and if you ever want to chat on a podcast please get in touch shout out to the two Norwegians that have listened to our podcast and reply to us like to just say a big hello to our two Norwegian listeners how are the lads in Norway how are the Vikings that's our two Norwegian listeners gone yep <laughs> So we've been having a quick look through um, some stuff to do with what's happened on days that we are recording. Currently the 30th of May and this is the day that we signed Martin Dubravka. Ooh, permanently signed him or loan signing? Permanently signed. What do you think of his performances? I think Gray and I have differing opinions. I think you think he's probably a little accident prone. I think he's been absolutely excellent. I was reading some stats on him the other day, actually, and Marsa, is it Marsa, the Spanish football magazine, newspaper? I can't remember what it is. The, the big football publication in Spain. They rank every single player in Europe, All every right, single... Okay. And in 2019, they rated Martin Dubravka as, I think, the 20th best player in Europe. Wow, wow that's, that's good. Which is huge, yeah. If you, if you think about some of the players he's beaten and some of the goalkeepers he's beaten mm. as well in that mm. list, obviously that's their opinion. Yeah. But I would definitely support that. I think he's been brilliant from his debut to, to now. Yeah. I think he's been a safe pair of hands. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely one of our leading players at the minute. I think performance-wise, he has been probably one of the best goalkeepers we've had since Shea Given, if I'm being honest. No disrespect to the legend Steve Harper or to Tim Krull, anyone like that. I just think he offers a little well, a different dynamic. Tim Krull was an unbelievable shot stopper and still is. You look at his record saving penalties against opposition. It's ridiculous. Well, the World Cup, when they brought him on just four penalties, Tim Krull. And doesn't he got the record for most saves in one game? That was against Spurs? Spurs, I yeah, I think he does, doesn't yeah. he? 14 saves in one game or something? Like, yeah. unreal. There must have been a reason why we let Tim Krull go. That's the thing. Yeah. Injury prone, wasn't he? It was his shoulder. I think he had quite a lot of shoulder problems. I think it was an absolute proper, really good servant at the club. He still does comment and like stuff to, to do with Newcastle United, so I think we're definitely part of his heart. Adopted Geordie. 100%. I do think Dubravka is, is definitely one of the best keepers that we've probably ever had. And definitely in our, in our lifetime with, with support in Newcastle United. He does some outrageously good things, but then there are some little kinks that kind of unravel all kind of performance during a game and to, to bounce back from some of them sometimes it takes him a good 15 minutes maybe but you know in football like it's a very fluid game and it, it, it moves end to end real quick in some games and I think 15 minutes is a long time to try and bounce back from something like you were saying well like you said that I wasn't his biggest fan but I think he is prone to those handling errors and I think he currently has the highest number of handling errors for goalkeepers in the Premier League this season and I think there's a few games where he's actually cost us the lead. Wolves, for an example, fair play. He was probably fouled by Bowley jumping into him, but still he should have caught that ball 
or he should have punched it, something. Yeah, I think you're fair enough there. I think in the Willy Bolly Wolf situation, he was probably looking for a foul, wasn't he? And he was probably expecting to get that foul. Keepers usually protected like that. Look at Saul Campbell in the World Cup when he jumped up against the Portuguese goalkeeper and scored. Fair, fair one challenge, but it got yeah. protected, didn't he? So. To be fair, I quite enjoy seeing the goalkeepers not being so protected. It does bring a bit of that physicality back. And the goalkeepers do have an advantage. They've got long arms, most goalkeepers these days. So they should be able to uh, catch a ball or at least mm-hmm. punch it, do something. Or push it away, something. Yeah, yeah. risk averse. Uh, but to be fair, to say that I think he could be a world-class goalkeeper mm. if he oh, does cut out so. these, these little mistakes. And I think he will over time. I think he lives in Jesmond. Pretty sure lives in Jesmond. Yeah, because I've seen him walking around with his last... Before all the lockdown stuff, they visited either Arlo's or Cake Stories. Arlo is so good. What's that road called again? Is it Brentwood Avenue? Brent, yeah, Brentwood, Brentwood Avenue. Avenue. I say Brentwood Avenue. I couldn't think of it there. Yeah, yeah. He was walking along there with his last. I seen him. He was already kind of half past me when I pushed me button to wind down the rinder. <laughs> you bottled it. That's what I, know, it was. I was going to yell out. How is he? Uh, is he dead tall? Like he has, like. Yeah. So there's two points that are great. I think in this day and age, all keepers make handling errors. If you look at, you'd probably class David de Gea as one of the world's best goalkeepers, but he's been under fire massively this season, back in the last season for his for his handling errors and the errors he's made. Second point to that. I think Dupravka, Martin Dupravka, actually cost us five million euros. Which, if you think, in this day and age, if we're classing him as someone who could be a world-class goalkeeper, he's featured in Marseille's magazine. He's you know the twentieth best player in Europe, and we're stealing him for for five million euros. Obviously, there's a there will have been a loan fee on top of that, but it's an absolute steal. So I think he's got to be up there with one of the greatest signings of the Mike Ashley era. Hundred percent. There's always a lot of pressure on goalkeepers to be hundred percent all the time. It's not going to happen. The human. No. There are going to be mistakes. It's how you how you bounce back from those mistakes is what makes you as a keeper. And I think he has not let it get him down at all. And he, he still he still does perform on a regular basis. Yeah, I think I think it's probably the one position where the whole mentality, kind of keeping concentration for a full ninety minutes, is so important because you could see goalkeepers go eighty minutes without touching a ball. Like if you're mm. Edison for Man City yeah. or Allison or Allison for Liverpool, you're not going to be touching the ball. You're rarely going to yeah. have to save a shot, but you know when that moment comes, you have to be 100% on the ball. And I think I think sometimes that might get overlooked by people. Yeah, it's a really good point. It'd be really good to get a goalkeeping coach to talk about something like that. Because when we played football, we, we're not goalkeepers. We've all played in different other different positions, but never really been a goalkeeper. It would be interesting to know what they do during a yeah. game. Like, how do they keep their mind switched on? How do they keep their mind not from wondering and being like, oh shit, I forgot to get eggs at the supermarket the other day. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> It'd be something which I'd be really interested in, just seeing the mindsets and how yeah. what what they do to stay on the ball for the full ninety minutes. I think would be really really interesting. Or if you're a goalkeeping coach out there, you can contact us on info at tottpodcast.co.uk or Twitter, which is tottpodcast. Plugs. Oh, we're getting good at this. Look at this man putting it in everywhere. <laughs> I swear to God, the number of fucking plugs we put in this podcast. Use lot listening. <laughs> Better start following us. <laughs> Because we'll find you. <laughs> we know which country you're listening to us from, at least. Just need to narrow it down from there. Narrow it down. Get the IP address. You're right, Stalker. Oh, there's a fight going on here between two Newcastle players. Kieran Dyer and Lee Bowyer are having a fight. So, a quiz for you again. Ooh. A little bit different to last podcast quiz. This one is to do with transfers, and I have titled it with what's been going on in the media recently. Comings and goings. Get it? Comings and goings. I'll tell you who will be going. Me. 
from this podcast. Yeah, the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that is shocking, Hodge. I've got to say, it's terrible. I basically got a list of Newcastle transfers that have happened in the past. I have the player. You need to tell me where he came from and where he went to. Oh, I've like got that. five here for you. It's going to be tough. I so think. the first one, Mikel Marino. So where did he come from? We bought him from Borussia Dortmund. Indeed. For 10 million euros. Um, I think so. One goal in 17 at Newcastle United. He's a good player, him. Do you know where he went, Gray? I do. I would say he went back to Dortmund. He went either to Spain or Germany, didn't he? I'm 95% sure he went to Real Sociedad. He did go to Real Sociedad. Oi, uh, hello. 12 million go. euro. Ah, so we made a bit of money on him then. He scored six in 55 games. Spain. Oh, good on you, Mikel. Next one, Papis Cisse. Ooh. Oh, I'm between two teams from where he came from. Oh, no, I've got it. We bought Papis Cisse from Freiburg in Germany. Yes, we did for oh. £9.3 million. Pound. Played 65 games for Freiburg and scored 37 goals, which kind of grabbed our attention a little bit. And in a Newcastle United shirt, he had 37 goals in 117 appearances it's not for bad. the first team. And then he moved to where? It's quite hard. It's a hard one. I don't think you'll get the name. I'm pretty. You'll get the country that you moved to for sure. Anyway, was it a team in Turkey? No, he now plays for Anelspor. I think it is in Turkey. But he had a club between there for two years. I think it was. Was it somewhere in China? It was in China. Yep. China. Do you know what team? Oh, is it Hebei Fortune or Shanghai SIPG or something? I know. Put us out of misery, Hodge. Shandong Luang. He went to it for an undisclosed fee. Well, excuse you. <laughs> Do you remember his debut goal against Villa? No. No, I just remember that goal against Chelsea. This swerve, insane. Made the two against Chelsea in the same game. Yeah, it really frustrates me about that Chelsea game, how that second goal, it, it makes people completely forget about his first goal, which in itself mm. was an absolute worldie as well. I think it was Davide Santon on the left comes in, was. pops it up to him. I'm pretty sure he, he picks it up or chips it up slightly with his right foot yep. and in the same kind of motion smashes it with his left yeah which fantastic talent to do the, the technique is just unbelievable but of course yeah Shula Amiobi chesting it down to him from a Ryan Taylor throw I'm, I'm pretty sure and then that outside the boot Jesus did you think you meant it Green? absolutely I think like like you said some of the goals he was scoring up to that point were just insanely good and I think he's just classic case of a striker riding his confidence and just being like yeah full to the brim of confidence and just going for it what's he got to lose Hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You've got to buy a ticket to win the lottery, exactly. as they say, for scoring goals. Eh? I just wonder what else he would have been trying. Like, what, what else would he possibly have been trying in that situation? <laughs> what was he? Just blast it in a rose head, but <laughs> caught it sweet. <laughs> Next one Oberfemi Martins. What club did he come from and what club did he go to? Go on, Grey. Did he come from somewhere in Germany again? No, I know where he came or from. Was it Turkey? I'm good at this game, me. He, uh, we got Uberfemi Martins from Inter Milan. We did get him from Inter Milan. Do you know how much money we got him for? Is it about 10 million quid? Yeah, I think at the time it was about so 15 million euros is what we got here. I haven't actually think about, 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 about then. They signed him for 750,000 euros. We bought him for 15 million euros. And then we sold him for 9 million too. <sighs> He was on. He came, he was on loan at Birmingham, and he scored for Birmingham in the FA Cup final, was it, or in an FA Cup match against Arsenal? Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, but that was a loan spell. Did he go somewhere in Russia? Ooh, after this club, he went to Ruben Kazan. 
Oh, that's what I was thinking. Did he go to... I know he's also played at Seattle Sounders as well. Yeah, he had an unbelievable amount. I think he scored 49 goals in like 70 games or something at Seattle. Oh, I think he's in China us... now at the minute. Yeah, give us a clue, Hodge. Um, Edin Zeko used to play uh, at this club in Germany. Oh, Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, yes. Yes, yes. completely Wolfsburg. forgot about that. Everybody just knows Martins from that goal against Spurs where he just rifled... 90 yard mile an hour, wasn't it? Oh, man. Yeah. Paul Robinson had no chance. That's that one of my favourite goals, though. I remember watching that at a pub in with my dad in Annick <laughs> at the time. The whole place went mental. So that's, yeah, Oberfrey Martins came from Inter and moved to Wolfsburg. A bit of a tune legend next, Norberto Solano. Oh. He had two spells at Newcastle, right? Yeah, he did. So yeah. I've got his team that he came from and then the club that he went to and then I've got when he came back and then another club so I've got three three clubs you've got to guess basically the in and then the two outs I think we initially got Nobby from I was actually reading about Nobby Solano a few days ago did we get him he's definitely played here we might not have got him from here directly but he's definitely played for Boca Juniors in his in his past correct was that the club we got him from? That's the club we got him from. Oi! What a shout. 2.48 million. We got him for, in 1998 is when we signed him. He played 172 games in his first spell and 29 goals. Fell out with Bobby Robson, apparently. Breaks my heart. So we shipped him off two for 1.5 million. I want to say, did he go somewhere like Aston Villa or somewhere like that? He did go to yes. Aston Villa, yes. Nice. Good knowledge, lads. Here we nice. go. So he went to Villa... He was the top goal scorer for Villa in that season, in the season that he went there. He scored eight goals uh, in 49 appearances for the first team. So he basically played every single game, including like cups and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he only scored eight goals and he was the top goal scorer. So they probably got relegated that season. And then he came back to Newcastle for 1.5 million in 2005, just a year later. Mm-hmm. In his second spell, he scored eight in 58 appearances for Newcastle. And then he went to this club on a free in 07. I know this one. Gray, Gray give you Gray first first refusal. I, I don't know. It's another team that plays in Claret and Blue. In the Premier League? Aye. West Ham? Aye. West Ham. He did go to West Ham for free and he scored four in 23 appearances for West Ham. He's one of my top five Newcastle United players of all time, Nobby Solano. Absolutely love him. Him and uh, him and Lauren Robert very close. Lauren Robert. Oh my god! He had Solano smashing them in from the right, and Robert smashing them in from the left. I just remember that Lauren Robert free kick against Liverpool, which uh, which I think they dubbed uh, Santiago Munez in into goal. <laughs> just what a rocket! That, that annoyed me so much when the Santiago Munez <laughs> being a right-footed player has <laughs> a free kick with his left foot against Liverpool, like. Ah, that continuity. You could have just flipped the image, and it would have been so fine. But yeah, Solano was an unbelievable player. Like his creativity, I thought, was absolutely outstanding. So the final one is the angry little Welshman Craig Bellamy. He came from Ooh. for six point five million. Where I'm struggling with Bellamy. Yeah. I, I tried to kind Don't of worry. block him out of my mind. I will give you a little bit of a, a bit more of a thing with Bellamy just before you answer. A clue. So Craig Bellamy. We were the club that had most appearances for, with 93. So he never actually managed 100 appearances at one club, because he was always kicking fusses. He scored 28 goals in 93 appearances. So pretty much one goal every three games for 6.5 million. Shearer chinned him, didn't he? Yeah, he fell out with Shearer, didn't he? Yeah. 
I think they bought uh, houses next door to each other in the Algarve. Oh, really? In Portugal as well, just before they fell out. And then Shearer built a really big hedge (laughs) on one side of his property. (laughs) Big Al filled him in. I think I know where he went to. I think he, did we sell him to Liverpool? Nope. Oh, I was going to say Liverpool as well. He did play for Liverpool. He played 27 games for Liverpool. Right, so in 96-2000, he was at Norwich where he had 84 appearances. He then moved to this club that we're trying to guess for one season. 34 games, 6 goals. Then he moved to us. They're the only club in England to have an elephant on their badge. Ooh, an elephant. Yep. More clues? <laughs> I think you're probably expecting that to be a slam dunk of a clue, but uh, we'll yeah. scratch So they currently play in League One with Sunlen. Currently top, I think. Uh, geographically in the UK, where are they? Uh, Midlands. Is it Coventry? It is Coventry City, yeah. Oh! Surely you should have got the League One one. Ah, fuck no. <sighs> Oh well. Anyway, yeah, so currently City, he then went, I'm not going to include the loan, but he went on loan to Celtic before we sold him. Celtic didn't match our transfer evaluation of him, so he went to Blackburn Rovers. Ah, oh, shit. Was yeah. Yeah. Then he went to Liverpool the year after, and then he went uh, to City. Did he not end up at Cardiff? Cardiff on loan before City, uh, I think okay. it was. I thought it was just funny to see that his appearances, that he had no 100 plus appearances for one club. Because he's a little shit. Yeah, he used to just kick. Kick fuss up, didn't he? Like pretty much everywhere I went. Like good player though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah he's rapid. Wasn't definitely he? good player. Like a solid, solid goal scorer. Especially with one and three for the town. I'm... Complimented Shearer quite well as well because that's when Shearer started to lose his legs and just to have someone for pace of Bellamy running off him was. Uh, is that the same kind of? Was that yeah, the same kind of era we had? Uh, Kieran Dyer and Jermaine Janas as well. Definitely, I think definitely Janice, but not. Uh, I'm not sure. Dyer over the last just merged into one, doesn't it, around that time? Mm. I think I think if Dyer was in the same team as Bellamy, I don't think they would have got on too well. But I'm no. not sure about that actually. Bellamy was at the town for oh one oh five. Uh, so our two thousand and one team, we still had Warren Barton kicking about, Christian Bassidas, Gary Speed, Rob Lee, Jermaine Janas, Kieran Dyer, I Bellamy, seventeen, and Carl Court. Fucking call call. Yeah, so Newcastle United, Jermaine Genius was 2002-2005. Tell you what, that's a that's an amazing team we've got there, if, if you look back. I think the start of um, the millennium, we had actually a decent little setup going on. Like, Well, that's when we were in the Champions League and finishing top three, four in the Premier League, mm. wasn't it? Unbelievable yeah. team. Fucking Lamano Loire Loire, still in the squad. Hello. Doing the backflips. Yeah, that's basically the end of it. I think the lads did quite well. Hope you enjoyed that little quiz there. Well done, Hodge. Martins, oh, what a goal! That's an extraordinary strike by Oberfamey Martins! Exciting news! What? Thank you. (laughs) The Premier League's (laughs) returning. (laughs) The Premier League is returning. Yes, pending government approval, the Premier League will be returning on the 17th of June. We will actually have some football to watch and talk about. I am very excited. The remaining 92 fixtures of the Premier League season will be played out. And they're all going to be broadcast. Sky Sports, BT Sport, BBC and Amazon Prime will all be playing matches. More specific to Newcastle though, we have nine fixtures remaining. According to the Chronicle, which is a local newspaper up here in Newcastle, we have nine games remaining for the Premier League season. We have Sheffield United at home, Villa at home, Bournemouth away, West Ham at home, City away, Watford away, Spurs at home, Brighton away and then Liverpool at home, which is the last game of the season. So, with that in mind, Gray, I want your result for Sheffield United. What do you think we're going to get? I'd like to think we'd beat Sheffield United. Gray's going for the win, Will. Oh, yeah, same for me. I think we'll beat Sheffield United, yeah. Win for you. I'm going to be going draw for that game, I think. Ooh. For me. 
sceptical. I'm just taking things at face value how they were in the Premier League before it all stopped. So I think that's that's the way that I'm going to be doing it rather than okay. talking about people being off and that. Villa is next at home. Would you reckon? Yeah, it definitely should be being. I think that's a W across the board, is it? It is, yes. Sweet. Then it's Bournemouth away, trip down the south coast. What do you think? Again, Bournemouth not doing very well at the minute, so current form, I say we should beat Bournemouth hey, look as at well. This. So you're, you're saying nine points in the first three games back? Mr. <laughs> Gray, ever the optimist. Fucking hell. <laughs> Who is this new man? We'll, we'll definitely review these to see if we get them. <laughs> we <should have> <laughs> as we go. We could do a table for ourselves, actually, and see, like, we could yeah, do... Yeah, let's do that. If you get it correct, you get, I don't know, a point. We'll post it on Twitter. We'll take a picture. Board. Yeah, we'll put the table on Twitter for you all to have a look at and judge. And maybe you can send us your predictions as well. For Bournemouth away, I'm actually going to go a draw. Draw away. Any reasons? They're quite good at home. I think the vitality mm. is a bit of a fortress for them. And I think they do actually have a good team. They were in a bit of a, a rut before everything obviously happened. Mm. Although our waveform has been saving us for the past few years, weirdly, I still think we will not get the win there. I'm torn between a win and a draw, but I'm going to go win for me. I think away down at Bournemouth. Game after that, West Ham at home. Uh, I think we might draw that one. Draw. Of all Change the games team. to say, yeah, <laughs> of all the games to say, I'll draw. Uh, I think we will beat West Ham United at home. You're going to go for a win. I'm going to match on that as well. I'm going to go win. Although, having said that, we've not got home advantage anymore, really. Although we're in familiar surroundings, we've not got the mm. 52,000 screaming jokes. I think we can take West Ham. I think West Ham, have, they don't really have form as such. They kind of like really flutter all over the shop I think the games like they expect them to probably steamroll team they never really get going and a bit like Newcastle when it comes to playing like bigger teams we can we can turn up but then the other one's not really City away Ooh. <laughs> I'm writing mine yeah, down I think, uh, <laughs> I think we might lose that one we don't have the best record against City so if it was at home uh, I think it'd be a different matter um, but it's it's going to be a loss at the Etihad I think loss at the Etihad do you remember the last time we beat them at home Matt Ritchie had that penalty and the Shearer watching it on the telly and he's getting he's getting jip and he's saying oh lots of pressure lots of pressure and Shearer just before Richie scores goes pressure's for tyres and then he goes, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he goes and scores absolutely class uh, there you go that's my story Watford is then next which is away I'm going loss Great. yeah I might go draw draw I think it's a tough game I'm going to go loss as well Hodge loss yeah, unfortunately Oh, so we're going to be losing form. <laughs> uh, Spurs at home at our house, our house at our place. Again, I think depends if Harry Kane's back or not, but I think we might lose that one. Mm-hmm. Will? Uh, we're a bit of a bogey team for Spurs at home, so I'm going to say <laughs> draw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with loss, I think. I think we're going to lose three in a row there. Brighton away. I'm going to say win. I'd like I'm to see us win. win it, but I might err on side of caution go draw. We need Mohamed Diame back to score one of those really weird, <laughs> like outrageous. outside of the foot, looping goals. <laughs> and finally, Liverpool in the town. Depends. They'll have nothing to play for then, so... Uh... Well, I'm going to say a win for Liverpool. I just think they're a top-class team. I think, because they're going to have nothing really to play for, like you've said, I think they'll probably be playing youngsters, maybe. Um, but mind you, they'll want Liverpool fans to come home with something, so I'm going to just go with a draw at home. Yeah, I'm going to win for Liverpool. 
Cool. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of unfolds for the rest of the season. We've got a very varied fixture list in terms of results for the end. <laughs> so we'll definitely keep you guys informed on in how we're doing. I think if we do, if you get it right, you should probably get just a point, I suppose. It'll keep it quite easily. If you don't get it right, no points. We'll keep a kind of live updated board going on Twitter. So if you're following us, you can definitely check out. If you haven't already, please follow TOTT Podcast. You get your hot dog sausage in the burger bun! Right, as we approach the end of episode two of Talk With A Tune, thank you all again for listening. You remember at the beginning of the podcast, I asked you both which two footballers or which two players from Cameroon have represented Newcastle United. You've had long enough to think about it now. Might have been an instantaneous one for you, but I'm interested to see. Do either of you think you've got both of the answers? Gray, you guess first. So not sure if they're both from Cameroon or not, but I know they're from the same country and I want to go with... We've mentioned him already, Obafemi Martins and Celestine Babiaro. Oh, God. I would just like to um, congratulate Gray. Big congratulations for getting that horribly fucking wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it's not Celestine Babiaro or Obafemi Martins. I think they are both Nigerian. Right, Hodge, it's all up to you. You two, when I asked this question at the beginning, thought this was a fucking easy one. So uh, interesting to see what you think. So... I've got three names. I'm gonna go for my. I'm gonna go for my one that I know is definitely right. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go for Sebastian Bassong. Oh, hello. Yeah, you're fifty percent of the way there. So Sebastian Bassong, and the other two that I've got, because I can't remember if one played for France or not. Well, you're gonna to have to put your finger on one. Uh, can I just say both? No, you can tell me what the third one was after I confirm or deny. Right, okay, so Jeremy is my other one. Drum roll, please. I was just thinking Jeremy. Oh, fuck off, Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done, Monsieur Hodgson. You've uh, you've knocked it out of the park. Yes, the two players from Cameroon or two Cameroonians to have represented Newcastle are indeed Sebastian Bassong and Jeremy. Who is the third? Boomsong? Jean-Alain Boomsong? Jean-Alain Boomsong. He may have been... Yeah, I think he was French. He played for France, I'm pretty sure. Did he play for France? I'm pretty sure he played for France, but he, I know he's not from France, if that makes sense. Think yeah. He's French international. Is he French international? Bonus point. He was indeed born in Douala in Cameroon. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, very well done. Okay, so there you go. Sebastian Bassong and Jeremy, both Cameroonian internationals. I remember Jeremy being a Cameroon player because I watched African Cup of Nations and he took a free kick from the halfway line and battered it, and it hit the crossbar on the stanchion. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember watching that and being like, what? Sebastian Bassong was a trialist. We got him from Mets. He played in a pre-season game as a trialist against Doncaster Rovers. Yeah, did he? I think he had an absolute stormer, yeah. He was quite good. He went to Norwich, didn't he? He played for Norwich a little bit. Well, he went to Tottenham after Newcastle, and then Norwich after that, I think. Yeah, yeah he's a good player. Yeah, he was yeah, very he was, solid. Yeah. Okay, well, I thought that was going to be easy. Clearly, it wasn't. I'll I'll line up another one next week. I'll, I've got I've got a couple more kind of in the barrel. We'll see how we get on in the next podcast. Look forward to it. I still think I'm the best coach in the Premier League. Thanks very much for listening to episode two of Talk of the Tune podcast. As always, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got any ideas, any suggestions for what you'd like to hear from us going forward, please. Do not hesitate to get in touch either on Twitter at TOTT Podcast or by email info at TOTT Podcast.co.uk. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. And 
thanks again to everyone who's gotten in touch with us who've received some really good feedback to be honest and yeah hopefully we can keep up the high standard that we set for ourselves <laughs> going forward thanks very much alex please 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 do get in touch we'd love to hear from you and we'd love your feedback and suggestions as alex has said but i think we'll wrap it up there it's been good speaking to you hodgy not so much you gray uh... <laughs> Uh, look forward to recording another one but for now I think we'll say goodbye Hodgie do you want to say goodbye goodbye thanks for joining Grey goodbye bye my lover goodbye my friend you have been the one <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys thanks very much for listening and we'll hopefully see you in the next podcast see you later bye ciao oh me lads you should have seen us coming Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing. All the lands and lasses there, all Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.